the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about with real estate, retirement, income, stocks, I don't think anyone can look at a stock better than me. I can give you a really good quick snapshot on a stock if you want to call and get a second opinion. Um, I like talking stocks. I used to do this radio show that was nationwide called Stock Talk. Catchy, right? Um, I'm going to bring back a podcast probably in the next month. It's going to be unique from radio and television. Because this show, I get too caught up in getting into retirement. Um, and that's not necessarily what I really, really want to do. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I want to do a show called Stock Talk again. And I can talk tech talk. I can uh, go stock of the week. I can get, do this week in research and highlight some of the best research reports. So don't be shy. I can do a couple things. Um, pretty well when it comes to money. 800-516-1220. Join me today, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. Good morning. Don't be all nice and formal. I'm not in that mood today. <laughs> so, Soccer. Uh, my urine's on fire. <laughs> so it's going to be one of those days. Well, you know when it burns and feels like razor? Okay, I won't go there. Um, so real estate. I want to talk real estate with you today. Um, I've been doing a radio show recently where I talked about how 15 years ago, I said 15 years ago, I talked about, oh, I know what it was. It was that band, um, uh, Jude and the Lion. It's from Nashville. And when I was in college, I went, I wanted to see where Elvis lives. So on one spring break, me, Emily, and a guy named Dan got in a car and drove across Tennessee. And when you look at Tennessee, because I was in Virginia at that point in time, when you look at Tennessee, it's a pretty small state, right? The only problem is it's all mountains. So it takes 18 hours to drive from end to end. And it looks like it takes six. So I drive and I drive and I drive and I drive. And you go through Nashville and you go through, you eventually get to Memphis. 
Um, Memphis is a cute city. I wouldn't want to live there. It's great to visit. Um, Nashville, awesome city. Great music, young bands, um, cheap housing, good jobs, lots of jobs. Um, and that was probably one of the very first lessons when I was in college. I was like, this is a city I might want to live in, and therefore it's a city I might want to buy real estate in. So, uh, But I've been talking about Nashville, Austin, Nashville's been on lists for Seattle, a long, long Portland, time. Mm-hmm. Denver. I've used the same joke on Denver. What's the same joke? Do you know it yet? Uh, there's too many to choose from. They I say suppose. Denver's like Menver. Or they call it Denver Menver because there's a lot of men there. So if you're a single woman, go to Denver. Anyhow, and anyway, um, I guess what was my point there? My point was something about get to know cities that have yeah. jobs. Yeah, so the hottest markets right now in the United States are what they call second tier cities like Nashville, like places like Salt Lake City or Provo, for okay. example. Um, not the Denvers, but the the Boises. And and what those all have in common is they have colleges. They have, mm-hmm. they have young people. People get out of college. I want to go back to my college. I want to live my college days again. I really don't. A lot of a, a lot of people are moving there just for the fact that it's cheaper to buy a house, right? Um, comparatively with their the incomes, uh, that's why we've seen Portland. A lot of people are moving there because it's cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I bought in Raleigh a, a, a house, and Raleigh's got North Carolina, NC State, and Duke, and all three of them. Like, if you get cancer, that those are good hospitals. So. It's tough to say that like there's bad hospitals. I gotta imagine Albuquerque has bad hospitals, right? I'm sure there's one good one there. Or Mesa. Can I say Mesa? And that's just generic. So. Yeah. So these second second tier cities have been uh, where a lot of the boom in the United States is right now. Yep. A lot of millennials are moving there. An interesting fact about uh, Washington Washington D.C., which right now is leading the nation in millennials buying. Um, I was, I think it's like 59% of all new applications to purchase homes is, are millennials. Um, so we're seeing that across the nation. Here it's a little bit tougher, but I think a lot of people will be surprised that millennials still make up a large percentage of, of applications here in the Bay Area. It's like 30, 40%. So we're still very hopeful that the millennials here in the Bay Area will continue to drive the market. Um, lending practices are getting a little bit easier. There's still, of course, the math behind it, which is the affordability. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of gifts. Um, so, do you remember when we? Uh, I basically at one point in time hijacked you. I've done this a couple times. Sure. And we went to Raleigh. Mm-hmm. You don't like to fly. I was like, I'll buy your plane ticket. Okay. And uh, we went and kind of got to check it out. We got to get to know the real estate agent. I was like, I, it was a literally seventy-two hour trip. Uh, we went to a couple bars. We, you know, walked the streets, so to speak. Um, you kind of get to know it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Pretty important to me that you have a, a like for why you're doing it. I, yeah, and I, I think maybe you're leaning towards um, the advice you would give somebody if they wanted to buy real estate out of the state uh, in a place like Nashville or Raleigh or it could be San Antonio, it could be anywhere, Menver. Uh, get to know the place. Uh, a lot of people come from different cities across the United States, and this is one of the, the real estate uh, strategies that we talk about all the time. Maybe go back and look at the town that you're from. Um, you know the town. 
Um, you know, you may not have left because it's a depressing town or because it's just not cultural for you, but it may be a good investment place because you know it, or you might have family members there that can help you manage the property. Um, a, a lot of people get caught up with the whole, hey, this is the next big boom town. Uh, just give us $100,000. We'll buy the house for you, and you're, you're done. I, I'd be careful with that unless you know the city. I did it kind of incorrectly when we went to Raleigh. We found a realtor probably by searching online. And that was about the depth of it. Nice guy. Um, do you remember what he gave us when we showed up at his? We showed. Did we show up at his house? I think we did. We did. And uh, he's going through like tools. Like I guess. I mean, we had a mission: find a house. Buy I can't a house. remember what he gave us, but I remember he had a bunch of telescopes in his oh, garage. Oh, I could. It, it rhymes with a bag of seed. <laughs> I don't remember that. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, "That's interesting." And uh, he, I was like. Where should we go to lunch? Like, give us a little local flair. And he gives us... He a- did know the city. He was a real good realtor. Yep. Um, he was patient. Uh, and then when it came time to pull the trigger, he was very quick. Yep. Uh, paperwork was eventually sent to you, um, FedEx, and it was all done remotely. And I thought that worked great. And you, you found a... Or we did. We found a great property management company, which I would recommend to anybody, by the way, looking in North Carolina, especially in Raleigh. That, that company's great. Good loan officer. Uh, worked out, and that's just something else too that we talk about all the time. So, uh, a lot of people call and say, "Where should I get my my loan from? Should I get it from this place that I'm buying, yep. or can I get it here?" Um, it wouldn't hurt to work with somebody here. It, it makes it a little bit more convenient um, because ultimately, that's really the paperwork that that secures that house for you. But you need to find a lender that actually has an office in that state, so you'll end up going to a large lender. Some people don't like doing that, like a, the big banks. Um, the smaller ones are usually tied to just that state. So maybe work with the referral that you get from your realtor in that state. It's, it's interesting. In, <clears throat> excuse me. It's interesting in hindsight. I think the realtor was average, but he worked. It, it worked. Yeah. I think the mortgage lender, she was good, and she helped me do a refi. That was great. <clears throat> I think the property management was the that home was run. the home run. Yeah. There's no doubt. No. No loss in, in, in rents since you bought it. I think one month maybe, right? Right. That's Tony Mendez you're listening to. And you can find him at com. He does my mortgages. I'm going to ask him to do one for me this year. I think in Santa Barbara. Um, you can find Tony at Tony uh, Bay, at BayAreaLandSource.com, BayAreaLandSource.com. You can find me at RobBlackShow.com. That's RobBlackShow.com. Looking at ghosts and empties. Just we love Call Rob Black now. 800 That's 800 800- Five one six twelve twenty. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Hey, everything has a consequence, right? That's the way I think. I don't think that there's right answers, especially in the world of economics. I just think there's compromises. Um, that's not always true. 
don't tell a kid that his spelling test there's no right answers there's just compromises because there are right answers in spelling tests but I recently saw and I read some some social research which for what I try to do I try to really dig in and get to know the issues a little I want to be I don't want to be smarter than you I just want to outwork you I want to know everything I can but rising real estate prices sounds like a pretty great thing you go, that sounds great. And then you have to quantify quickly and say, if you own real estate. Rising real estate prices sounds like a great thing if you own it, right? But how about the concept of how long can you own it? When does it start stripping away its positives? Uh, there, was, there was a study in basically Vancouver, which has made some home owners you know, very, very rich in the last few years. It's been a very hot and sexy market, but not for everyone, right? Increasing real estate prices are putting pressure on low-income families. So again, if you're a teacher, a firefighter, well, firefighters get paid relatively well. But if you're one of those people who, eh, I don't want to say, like a teacher is an educated person, right? But some of the people who don't have the higher educations kind of really struggle. Uh, Vancouver's affordability issues have turned into a crisis. The city is finding itself with a massive backlog of families that need affordable housing. I don't even know how that works. I don't even know how that looks. Uh, I know, you know, good gosh, I knew a couple who had three kids total. And he worked at LinkedIn as one of the types of people that kind of helps you fix things. Help desk. And uh, he was making 80000 85000 pretty good money. But in the Bay Area, where they chose to live, that's poverty. And it's a funny thing to say out loud. Uh, so there's a crisis now that even a decent-paying job isn't enough for a family if they choose to have a stay-at-home mom and one, two, three kids kind of thing. So, according to reports on Vancouver, you know, homeless people have increased by about 26% annually on a pretty consistent basis in the last seven years. So, that's, you know, as the housing prices go up, more and more people are becoming homeless. So, is it always a good thing that home prices go up? Again, yes, if you own said home. But we're quickly pricing people out, and I could be cute, and I could say, well, maybe that person should move to Oklahoma City, or maybe that person should move to Tulsa. Um, but a lot of people don't have that emergency kind of money to say, okay, I'm gonna, when I move, I'm going to get an apartment, and when I move, I'm going to take two to three months to find a job. And when I do that, uh, you can see how it all starts to tally up. But when you have a social housing wait list, you got to go to scratch your head and go, something's not working here. And... Uh, to start thinking about, you know, winning, winning, uh, rising real estate prices in Vancouver make five people homeless every week. So I thought that was worthy of throwing out there just to start your process of thinking about what you want to achieve and what you don't want to achieve in your timeline from age 20 to 60 as far as accumulation of wealth. One of the areas that I like to go to to get advice is from people who are retired. 
So I'm looking for people who have quit their nine to five job and basically help others with the way they live, with the way they think. And from talking to people who are retired or who have quit the workforce and can live off what they've saved, one of the things that I've learned is that you can't plan for everything. Um, I talked to, oh, good God, this breaks my heart. I talked to a teacher in her mid-30s who's got four kids. They got student loans to the tune of 130000 her and her husband. They ran up those student loans and lived off them instead of just having school pay for them. And now they're in their mid-30s, pushing 40, and they don't have anything saved. They still have these big student loans. So she didn't really plan for, and he didn't really plan for, paying back the loan. They didn't think, like, you know, this is real money. They were getting by. They were paying, you know, again, kids are expensive, and that's something you really have to start thinking about. And I don't know if that's planning or not planning. You know, I'm not talking about that kind of planning. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize uh, that you can't plan for everything. And f- for instance, she wants she's now planning to work till she dies, or she plans to work as long as she can. But what you might find is, and I've got two people in my indirect family, uh, th- they can't get jobs. So that's stressful. They're in their late 40s, and they're not hireable. They're not. No one wants them. Or at least where they're looking, no one wants them. So, a couple thoughts on this is you can't plan for everything. One of the best things you can do is set up an emergency fund. An emergency fund is somewhere between two and six months of cash, just in case. I see a lot of people in the jobs that I work at in radio and television who ultimately say, this area is too too expensive for me. Uh, I have a television producer who moved from here to Seattle. Now, that's not a huge cut, but it's enough of a cut. Housing's a little bit cheaper, and his job is transferable as a television producer. So it's a little less money, but it all adds up to that should be able to make ends meet because uh, he's got a young daughter who he's starting to say, hey, life starts at 40, or in his case, 45-ish. Uh, so he's putting it together. One of the things that even though you can't plan for everything, you can get your retirement house in order. How much do you think you're going to need is a good starting point? They say 60% of your income. I think that's crap. Depends on what you're going to do in retirement. But you can start with 60. At least, you know, you're in the ballpark. Um, and the first couple of years may be, actually be a lot more. So get your retirement house in order. You want to pay off, uh, you know, like remodeling that you've done on your home. You want to know that you will have a mortgage debt or not a mortgage debt in retirement. Uh, not having a mortgage allows you to withdraw less from your retirement accounts, which could be very, very important. Uh, are you going to relocate to eliminate that mortgage or not? So you got to feel plugged into a community when you retire. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, what am I doing today? Um, and that's one of the reasons retirement communities are popular right now, and some people are buying in retirement communities. So they know that, hey, everyone in this 1,500 home units, that uh, I'll be able to go play Remy Cubes with them. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.
Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Little Imagine Dragons bringing us out of break. Dude and the Lion. Oh, I always mess that one up. Don't they sound like Imagine Dragons? I think so. I'm just talking to myself. I'm upset by that. I should know my music reference better. What should we know about Judah and the Lion? Americana folk band from Nashville. Oh, Nashville. I've been doing this radio show here in the Bay Area 20 years. But one of the things that I've kind of demanded is you'll never hear douchey financial music on the show. You're listening to. Like, I just won't do it. So there has to be something sweet about it. Um, what do I need to tell you about my thought here is that, um, when you do a radio show, you really try to focus it on what, what you want as a message. And like I said, the whole Ken Fisher business model, um, I'm just not that clean. I'm just not that clean. I'm not that easy. I'm not that sweet. He has called me mad at me before. So Ken Fisher's actually called me on the phone, and he talks like he's in the mafia. And he's not in the mafia. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. But he goes, I hear you were talking about me. <laughs> like, you could hear the pee going down my leg right there, right? And I'm like, yeah? And he goes, you have some sort of problem with my salespeople? And now I'm starting to get cocky. Like, suddenly the pee dries up, and I'm, like, thinking, yeah, I, I did a seminar once. Well, I didn't do a seminar. I was meeting some friends. Well, I was meeting some radio listeners at a bar to have some beers to talk money. And ironically, your people were there, and they're having a national conference of salespeople because your business is so big that you have a national conference of salespeople. And they were talking trash about clients, and I didn't like it. Oh, did you see that one today? That was an easy one for me. And it's just like, you know, the the Biff thing just doesn't work for me. I'm very important. Um, So I get what he does, and I just don't like it. And, you know, I'll probably get another phone call because he spends a lot of money on radio and television. And I'll probably get talked about, talked down to by my bosses, but that's fine. I work for minimum wage. I don't care. I'm not doing this because it makes me... You know, wealthy, per se. Now, I will say number 18 on his list is a good one. Beware annuities. Fisher clients tend not to have annuities in their portfolio, and with good reason. These complicated, difficult-to-understand contracts favor the companies that write them, not you. Annuity salespersons get high commissions that come straight off the top of your investment savings. You can manage your retirement income security needs in ways that will cost you time less. Okay. It's too clean. It's too sterile for me. So I can tell you this, if you go Google Ken Fisher lawsuits, Ken Fisher mediation, Ken Fisher, you know, um, uh, negatives or cons, you'll see that he has had some problems. 
And, you know, ultimately, sometimes the people that represent him are too aggressive with, with clients. A 75-year-old woman shouldn't be in Amazon.com kind of thing. That is not a real representation of what I'm trying to say. That is just a representation so you can go Google and find out on your own. Go look at his ADV. Go look at his, um, you know, FINRA reports. So I hate, 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 the people who come across as like sterile and clean, like you should work with me because, well, honestly, I've got a turkey neck. Oh, no, I didn't want to say that out loud. Dang it. You should work with me because I, I'm thinking about that, that attorney, the tax attorney guy, you know, I'm talking about turkey neck. He buys a lot of um, commercials during hockey games. I think the name rhymes with Soskowitz. Um <clears throat> But long story short, I don't want to work. I don't want to do business with someone who has a, a expensive office in San Francisco. That turns me off um, because my money is paying for that kind of thing. I know that. I think you should be clear. Oh, number 21 on uh, the 99 retirement tips PDF that you can get if you give them your name, your number, your email, and a chance for their salespeople to call you and basically tell you you don't know what you're doing. So be clear about family support limits. Before the issue comes up, establish with your spouse the limits of what you're willing to do financially to support family members. If you're willing, under what conditions are you willing? And to what extent? Don't make the decision ad hoc when it comes up. You'll be too emotional and may later regret an impulsive decision. Okay. How about this one? I married you because you're hot. I didn't marry your, your, your white trash dad. I didn't marry your, your white trash mom who has a spending problem on Amazon. How's that for a better radio show? And we all run into these scenarios. My mom is 80-ish, and she's living, she's living large. She's a, a hot mama in the retirement home, $80,000 roughly a year. And, um, okay, she's not living that large, but it is $80,000, and it, it sucks. It's a retirement home that at some point in time, $80,000 runs white, right? Year two, that's been 160 Year three, that's been 240 Year four, it's been 320 like you start going, um, I think she only had five hundred thousand dollars to start with because she sold a house, and you okay, we can make a little bit of money with that money, but there's gonna come a time where she has to go on government support, and there's gonna be a time when that nice retirement home turns into a trailer or turns into government assistant hospital scenario, and that's not good. And everyone needs to know that, and I've talked to my brothers about it, and we all have a healthy level of communication. So I don't want to come across as the Ken Fisher. Be clear early about family support limits. I'd rather tell you that, you know, mom's going to run out of money. Or I married a Playboy model, and I just like saying that because it sounds really cool. It lasted under a year, which makes me look like I got played. But her dad, Walt was never successful and he bought a lot of real estate in the you know inland empire in california where there's nothing there's desert after desert after desert after hill after hill her uh dad and stepmom were chain smokers i'm like ooh, well that's kind of good that's gonna end badly and it's gonna end fast so, and he was a little overweight. So, I didn't marry her to support her family. She had a brother who had been, I didn't say her name, right? So, she had a brother who was, uh, has been in jail 
and had some problems. Um, I didn't like. I married because she was hot, because she could cook a good meal, because she could blush on command, which is a pretty amazing trick. Um, because in, yeah, I know, right? So she's like flipper. So flipper, how you doing? Come back to me. I want to say her name so badly, but I can't because I just trashed her family and that would be uncool to link the two together. Behave yourself. Um, but yeah, that has to be a conversation. So I think when you marry someone, you do marry into their family and you need to be very, very honest, very, very upfront. Okay, so number 30 on Ken Fisher's 99 Stupid Things on Retirement Tips is review all your real estate. Liquidate all real estate holdings that are not generating income or enjoyment. This seems obvious, but there's a hoarding instinct that you may have to overcome. I don't even understand that. Like, that's one that I'm like, why did you, I just waste my time reading that. Liquidate all real estate holdings that are not generating income or employment or uh, enjoyment. Okay, I get it. Maybe it's a retirement house that is no longer a retirement house. Maybe it's a scenario where, you know, a $150,000 home is only generating $3,000 a year in income. And you're like, I'm making $3,000, do da, do da. And then you do the math and you're like, well, you can do that in a bond. Or you can do that with a dividend paying stock. Oh, I hate this one. I hate this next one. Number 31, think about weather. Renting or purchasing a house in a location where the weather is better, especially if you live in a strong winter climate, can be a great boon. Okay, so this guy is a financial guru, right? And basically, we've been involved in one of the greatest bull markets in the last 20 years. An amazing uptick tied towards technology. So if you had any inkling or slant towards technology, most of your friends probably know you've done pretty well. So now he writes 99 retirement tips. And number 31 is think about weather. Living in a sunny place could actually be great if you're used to living in a cold place. Um, there's a phrase that says something like, no chip, Sherlock. You've got to be kidding me. I don't think that's exactly a retirement tip. If you're in the bitter cold of Minnesota and you retire in Florida, you might actually enjoy sunshine and not having to shovel ice and such. I don't get it. I don't, I don't get why I, this is what a waste. Sometimes I'll hear, have you ever been like in a bar or in a restaurant and you're like, okay, they're doing a cover of Daniel from um, Elton John, but it's not Elton John. It sounds like the schoolyard kids of like uh, Lebanon singing the song. And, and you're like, why did they record this? Why did they record this? Why did they record this? You say to yourself, someone actually went in the studio and like, said, let's mix this. I feel the same thing about reading his retirement report. I just don't get why it was put on paper. You might enjoy the sunshine of Florida if you've lived in Minnesota. Take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black's show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm Rob Black. Whether you're 20 years old or 60, managing your money can get complicated. So set aside Saturday, May 20th, and get ready to learn some strategies that can help you build wealth, invest confidently, retire better, and pass on your estate while minimizing taxes. That's May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. We have two seminars lined up. The morning event runs from 9 to 11 with a focus on retirement income and estate planning. If you're nearing retirement, this one's for you. 
We'll explain how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to protect your estate from long-term care costs, and much, much more. Our afternoon seminar is all about investing for your first million. From one to three, we'll cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio, from investing basics to 401ks, Roth IRAs, real estate, taxes, and investing tips. Two separate seminars, May 20th at the Palo Alto Elks Lodge. Sign up for either event at robblackshow.com, only $25. For KDOW listeners, I waive the fee. Just use promo code RADIO25. That's robblackshow.com, promo code RADIO25. Black now. 800 516 1220. That's 800 516 1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing in more. Hmm. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220. I'm going through... I guess I admire the guy. I guess I'm jealous. It's a raw black attack. Black. Black. Okay. I'm not attacking. I love. I just, I'm trying to warn people, be careful of shiny objects. I think in our heart, we're all monkeys, and I think we're all easily marketed to. You know, I'll be honest, like a couple years ago, I'm a grown man, and Xbox comes out, and they have like this commercial, like, Play Call of Duty and, you know, burrs, bang, 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 bang. I was like, that looks good. And then there's another Xbox commercial because you watch little sports and it's all Xbox commercials, right? And it's like, you could be a detective in L.A. and solve the Hollywood crime. Listen, lady, right? I'm in love with you. Bang, 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 bang. And next thing you know, you buy a freaking fragging Xbox. And next thing you know, like one week later, you're like, why did I buy this? So we're easily marketed to. And what I really, really fear is when it comes to financial issues, that's one that can get you, that can hurt you long term fast. So when I see something on Facebook, because I I have a Facebook account, me and Zuckerberg kind of like, he's one of my friends on Facebook. I don't know how important you are, but I am that kind of important. And, uh, kind of a big deal. So anytime I go on Facebook to, to hang with, Sucks, as I call them. 
the Z-Man, the man of Zuxtinia. Um, I see an ad that goes, click here to download the 99 retirement tips from Ken Misher. I'm like, okay, I want to hit 99 tips. Like, I could probably print it, put it near the toilet, have a, a, a movement or two. Mine are fast because they haven't been solid in about 12 years. It just comes straight out of me like water. Ah! And I, I can do a little bit of reading. So no hemorrhoid problems. There's no pushing problems. For me, it's a formation problem. So I'm like, I could get 99 tips. This will be good. This will be easy. And like number 40, and I get mad at myself. Number 41 is have a tax advisor. It's helpful to have a tax advisor who's knowledgeable and who you trust, especially during the transition from working to retired. There are a lot of issues to deal with that you've never encountered before. And again, it's like, duh. We know that. It's not like you're going to suddenly be using a halberd or a pickaxe and fighting off the the Saxons when you hit retirement. Yeah, there'll be some changes. There's no doubt about that. And I I do think you need to think taxes and and kind of understand your situation. So that one I'm going to go... Who the hell says, I'm going to go get a tax advisor? Should you have someone to help you with your taxes? Yes. Should you talk to that person who helps you with your taxes? Yes. Do you do your own taxes? Poof. When you do, you, you leave yourself in peril of what do I not know? I'm not one of those guys who likes to do taxes. You know, you see them in the movie. Like, oh, I'm going to figure this all out myself. I'm gonna, I'm a, I got my notebook, my calculator, my abacus. I'm not that guy. So I've got a guy who is the pastiest, whitest guy I've ever met. He's pasty. Um, and he's really good at taxes. Even businessmen that rob and steal and cheat from people every day, even they have to pay taxes. <laughs> you don't have to pay taxes. So wait, I didn't just say that because that could be threatened over the government. I once dated a woman. This is the best, the best question you know, you're kind of getting to know each other. Like, hey, where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Hey, what's your favorite color? What's, do you like ice cream? I like ice cream, too. And I go, so what's your dad do? And she goes, time. And I was like, oh, I get it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I get it. This is a true story. Um, so he ran for Congress and basically said, I don't think people should pay taxes. That was the basic concept of what he said. And they put him in jail because he threatened to overthrow the U.S. Constitution or the U.S. government by saying, people, we can't have a government, we don't have taxes. So he went to jail. So I, I highly endorse people pay taxes. Oh, what does your dad do? Time. So um, that was an interesting relationship because I dated her for about two years. And uh, around year one, the dude gets out of jail. And uh, he's got some jail girlfriends. His wife left him the day he went to jail for the butcher, the town butcher. Like, he can't make this stuff up. And then while he's in jail, he's got a jail girlfriend who has a son. And he sets up his daughter, who I'm dating, with his jail girlfriend's son. And uh, let's just say my heart was broken yet again. Boy, is this great! Can you imagine being so twisted and messed up that you date 
the person your dad tells you to, girlfriend's son. And by date, you know what I'm implying here, right? Hot, sexy mess. One time. I don't know. This is my life. So, Ken Fisher, you've ruined me. Your 99 tips. I think I covered about seven of those. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.